Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Um, so, let's see, many of the people come to the temple and witchcraft in general out of a sense of dissatisfaction with their religious or spiritual traditions. What do you think are the most important things for those considering a new and are new to the witchcraft to know? Like if you were new and they're coming into it, what do you think they should know about it? Oh, ah, uh, mm. wow! And I will great. admit this is one of one of Steve's questions that he wrote. <laughs> Okay. So, um, if you find it hard and in the hot seat, you can blame him. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> uh, wow. It's, it, that's just a really amazing question. The craft as a whole can be a bit like a large, vast ocean. And it can, in the beginning, get very easy to feel like you're drowning in possibility um, or direction. Um, I think it's really important to note that any spiritual tradition or religion should be like a life raft for you. Like life is hard enough. So if you hear something or read something that um, well, it's good to challenge your your perception of reality, your paradigms, but if you're coming in the community and something just feels off, or the, I speak of the community at large, or even the local temple community, if something feels off, it doesn't necessarily have to be for you. You don't have to incorporate everything that somebody else does. Um, I think I think if you asked me this question 10 years ago, it'd be very different, but another one that I always say, especially with our... our um, invention of social media and the online witches and and marketing and things that um, on a business side drive me nuts um, is to really try to not allow what other people do as their craft to make you feel less than for what you're doing in your craft. It's very easy to get lost in, oh, the aesthetics of this person, or it looks like this person's doing something amazing. They must be this most powerful, like, sorcerer or witch or, or store owner and you're only seeing a third of reality and in a two-dimensional space of what that person's going through um and in some ways i'm really grateful to have grown up without having to compare kind of witchy notes like i was like on like old chat rooms even before witch box like trying to find you know connections and spells and things and go in your libraries back end bookshelf to you know find a small cult section of things that you could you know obtain um but i think some people who generally are have that spark that witch fire that's burning in them they can get squashed or put out because of the largeness of possibilities and you know, Christopher always talks about the internet's great because we've never had so much access to so much information before. And it's also so awful because we have access to so much information. And to just kind of like what you're talking about, the, a flower takes time to bloom. So like take things slowly. We all go through that phase where we're going to like 
I'm looking at my bookshelf over there of probably a good 50 books I haven't read yet. You know, where we buy books and we, we want them and we need them. But how is it serving you as a life raft? If it's causing you more anxiety or more stress, it's not serving. And so either put it aside and get, get your own bliss in the craft. It, the craft is not supposed to be this place of harder judgment than from perhaps if you're leaving a judgmental place in a spiritual community or if you've never had spirituality before. Um, so just to really go slowly and compassionately with yourself when you dive into it because it's an even bigger world than it was 10, 20 years ago. Um, and it can be overwhelming, but it can also be really enriching. Mm. Yeah, I know um, we have gone from a place where <clears throat> there were... So I know I started back in the 90s kind of thing. And there were a few books that you could find. And you mm -hmm. now realize that I was also growing up in rural Vermont. So I was like, oh, you know, I found a book. I was so excited. I got, you know, like I have, I still have the first book that I was given. Mm -hmm. um, it is not in good shape. <laughs> Yep. It's been well loved. <laughs> it has been rained on. It has, you know, it has gone through trials. Um, but we like the new witches who are coming to it now, mm -hmm. they have a wealth of information, some of it good, some of it contrary to, to the way that tradition has gone yep. um, and they're exploring and I think that's beautiful and it's hard for like someone like me who grew up with like I went to the library and I read um, Rosemary Glaze like witchcraft from cover to cover in the library because they wouldn't let you take it out <laughs> of course yeah so yeah. like i read the whole book you know like in the and it was i don't know it was a big it seemed bigger when i was younger mm. um but <laughs> i read the book and i you know really devoted myself to finding information when i could and that uh resistance of having to go and find every little piece of information that you needed and dig through uh, that isn't experienced as, as, as strongly anymore Absolutely. because we can go to the internet and find like thousands of websites yes. um, with spells, with, you know, different traditions and mm -hmm. uh, it can be very overwhelming and it's good mm -hmm. to, to start slow. It is. And I kind of miss those days too. There's, there's almost an initiation in its own right of mm -hmm. having to work for that or to choke down the fear of walking down a certain aisle in the bookstore and, you know, yeah. not be judged by that. Um, and there was a real, you know, again, internet's great, but it's almost instant gratification, Google, boom. Whereas, there was this like really delicious, like, oh, I found this gem hidden here. And you, you're like, I found the book that will, you know, bring me all the power. And like, yes, you know, <laughs> and it's not as much. And I, I'd be very curious to see in the future, you know, even a couple years down the road from now, what the growing experience for witches that are stepping into the roles now 
were like compared because I can't tell you what their shoes are like right now. But no. um, there's there's a nostalgia that I'd miss from the mid 90s on yeah. that um, just isn't really there. But, you know, things change and we grow and we evolve. So Yeah. And I do wonder, um, as these, these, this generation of witches grows and comes to their own challenges, because ours, ours were different. Like we, you know, they have to come up against the, is this true? Is this true for me? Is this something I want to in, in put into my practice? Mm-hmm. And whereas we were like, oh my God, I found a book. And it had stuff in it. I'm going right? to practice it. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, like, I, I'm going to summon an elemental, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah. you know, part of my, you know, board magicians are, you know, bad magicians. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you want to, like, be careful. Um, yes. But I think that there's going to be, uh, their challenges are going to be different than than ours in the beginning. Yeah, And I, you know, I hope that, when we are looking at, you know, their journey and it's hard cause it's, you know, in front of everyone cause of, you know, social media that, uh, older teachers who experienced the, you know, the digging for, um, information can look at that and go, Oh, your challenges are different than mine. But I hope that, you know, our, our challenges can teach them in some way something i think about sometimes yes (laughs) absolutely voices of the temple is brought to you by our many wonderful sponsors for the temple of witchcraft community center fund including our anonymous and monthly contributors special thanks to the robin's nest a metaphysical community in all ways for always located in bellingham massachusetts The Robin's Nest offers a wide selection of magical tools, divination decks, books, crystals, incense, herbs, oils, teas, and candles for all of your spiritual and magical needs. The Nest also offers up a wide range of services, including psychic readings, rituals, and classes. Shop online at therobinsnestma.com or Come to visit in person and be greeted by the sounds of running water, tinkling chimes, and laughing voices as you step into the magical realm. If you would like to become a sponsor for Voices of the Temple and contribute to the Temple of Witchcraft Community Center Fund, please contact Debbie Stellhorn at Debbie, and that's an I-E, Stellhorn at templeofwitchcraft.org. Or look for more information at our website at templeofwitchcraft.org. Um, so you are a professional massage therapist as well, right? I am. Yes, that's my day job. And do you find that your training in witchcraft and spiritual energetic practice enhances your work of massage therapy or vice versa? Um, yes. (laughs) Um, I think, I think a lot of my training in the craft and energy work has definitely influenced my approach to the body. Um, a lot of my clients, uh, and it sounds like (laughs) 
selfish, uh, selfless promotion here, but a lot of my clients will say there's just something about your massages that I just don't find with a lot of other people. Um, and it's being aware of just, just multiple, just even the fact that there's multiple reality or multiple layers of the person. Um, and not that that's not ever talked about in maybe more of a science sense or just in the anatomical sense, but, um, not every body worker approaches from that more holistic or from that energetic perspective. And for me, it's kind of like the craft. After a point, you can't separate your life from it. it you're, you're, you just kind of pull back this veneer and you're seeing like, this is just, this is what this is. I can't compartmentalize myself as like witch, massage therapist, you know, yada, yada. It's, they all infer each other. Um, and my understanding of the body has brought a unique experience to just kind of my understanding of the craft. Um, I think our various other interests that are out maybe on the outside of the craft often influence and the different deities that come to you and the different spirits and what they ask of you. Um, a lot of my kind of personal craft work has been exploring healing into the body and, and how healing emotions and healing the body can help us on our own spiritual soul growth. Um, my work with sacred sites, which is kind of like the body of the earth and kind of altering and supporting that in that healing process. Um, so I think as you know, it's influences back and forth in a very symbiotic relationship that is ever unfolding for me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've never know where it's going to take me. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of things, but they, they go hand in hand with each other. And I think the fact that I, um, work with bodies, in silence often for hours of the day um you kind of are in between the realms often you're like floating in and out and um i like that analogy for the witch the walker between the worlds because that's kind of very much how i feel i am in many different realms mm. yeah yeah no I, I i resonate with your um discussion of uh it's hard to separate the witch from the work that you do because uh, as a hypnotist i also have it's hard very hard um like i had to you know in the beginning of my practice i was like i very much wanted to have that be separate from my witch stuff yeah but the people who know me and would come to me for hypnosis are all witches so i you know i'm like okay great you know uh, mm -hmm. you know i you know i'm looking towards blending that even more and uh i in our upcoming uh convention is at the national guild i'm teaching a class on rituals and routines that can enhance your you know so i'm like Okay, I'm a witch. I can't help it. So you <laughs> I know, it. I'm gonna like bloop, I'm gonna teach yep. these hypnotists a little witchiness, you know, yep. to to enhance their work. So uh I I feel that of like yeah. you know, it is hard to and even when I worked with kids and special needs kids and kids with mental health issues, uh the witchiness of me didn't leave. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't not be me you know yep. so i understand that of uh, uh having to work on things on multiple levels and i think that's a a beautiful thing and uh i don't i really don't think there is a job that couldn't be enhanced by a little witchcraft 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe yeah, we'll see. Um, maybe someone in the, who's listening to the podcast will come up with something. <laughs> yeah, they'll prove us wrong or something. <laughs> oh, but that's the end of my questions. Um, but is there anything that you would like to share with the temple that you'd like to talk about for just a moment? Oh, boy. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that's a dangerous thing to ask because you're opening Pandora's box for another three hours of discussion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, um, I mean, I guess just on a personal level, now that um, we are slowly migrating through COVID in a safer, approachable way, uh, I am really excited about uh, the temple retreats that are scheduled uh, coming in September. Um, I'm, on contrary, I'm used to running retreats. I have a retreat coming up with my uh, witch sister, Karen Ainsworth, um, in England in June. Uh, but I get to actually just go on to the Scotland retreat as part of a temple member. And I'm really excited to just being, you know, a lay person experiencing it. Um, but I think it is um, for those who can make it and, and to be part of that. Um, I'm really excited to spend some quality time with the temple community. Uh, we've, we've had the temple fests and the temple hearth and things. Um, but I'm really excited to explore and do this kind of larger magic on a consistent scale. Something I've not really experienced previously and i'm really really excited to be able to get back out and do these things um and support the temple um by going on their trips as themselves plus i really like getting to the uk so it's a nice kind of win-win for me um and uh i'm looking forward to seeing what magic is going to come out from that because i think i remembered years ago a podcast of voices of the temple talking about the glass and beer retreat or there was somebody talking about it and i'm like oh my god that sounds so cool and it's just neat to be able to be a part of that now and um i think the different things that we do whether they're retreats or the bigger rituals it's like watching history unfold and we don't know where that's going to take it so there's this exciting um inception quality to that oh it's yeah. beautiful I'm Thank also you. looking forward to the Scotland retreat. Yeah. Um, it is, I think the last time I was in the UK was when we did the Wales retreat. A um, while ago. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I probably should check my passport to make sure it's still good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that as well. Um, Cause we've done retreats around uh, like elemental retreats around mm -hmm. the usa which was, was really cool yeah. um we did uh sedona as a fire retreat and uh, mount desert island up in maine as a water retreat um and i know that there are plans yes. in the working to bring uh an earth and air retreat uh and late and finally a spirit retreat at mm -hmm. some point um and so I'm really excited for Scotland and the the retreats are a magical experience a little bit just because you don't have your normal uh, routine. Yep. You, you shake things up. You're communicating with people who uh, are also on a spiritual path and uh, communing with sacred sites and, you know, like it's just, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, 
it's the only reason I've done ritual inside Stonehenge. Yes. It's, yeah. you know, like, uh, it's the only reason I would have been able to, you know, find where uh, Dion Fortune's grave is. Um, <laughs> Did that and, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, it's that it's the uniqueness of being outside of your norm and you get to be as witchy as, and it's normal. It's like so normal to do that and, you know, to go to door, to, to Dion Fortune's grave in the middle of the night. I and mean, it's not something you do all the time. And it's well, I didn't really go awesome. in the middle of the night. Uh, there's a story the behind that one. But but. <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh, had very sketchy directions too. So uh, Christopher was like, all right, everyone, you know, witch trial here of, you know, find the grave basically. Uh, and so, and I will admit I'm the one who found it because I was like, you know, we wandered around the graveside for a while and I was like, you know, I should just ask the spirits where it is. And I'm like mowing and pulled towards, you know, towards it. And I was like, oh, here it is. <laughs> you know? And everyone's like, how did you find it? And I'm like, oh, I asked the spirits. <laughs> I'm a witch. <laughs> I'm a witch. I started thinking like a witch instead of yes. thinking like a you know human being. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you for being on the podcast, and uh, I hope that you know in the future we might hear from you again or you know things like that. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah. So, um, as we say goodbye, we'll close down our space. So take a deep breath, become present again with yourself and with the connection that you've made with us as we did this podcast. And we thank the great spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the goddess and the God who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright Temple of Witchcraft 2023. For more information, please visit us at templeofwitchcraft.org.